everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> She had the same size lips, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, we should start it right there. Just she had the same size lips, and just let people figure it out. I think three seconds is all we got in us. So. <laughs> I'm Victor. I'm not Victor. It also kind of looks like you're talking into a metal detector from this angle. Doesn't it kind of? Look- um, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Sometimes you don't share in my fantasies and it makes me sad. <laughs> I also have fantasies about metal detectors. I mean, finding a box of gold at the end of one would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> or an entire ship just buried just below the surface. It was buried by, um, what's her name, and sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I am Max, actually. Uh, coincidentally, actually, I am Max not actually. Max. <laughs> Max actually, can we change it? Um, that's what it is now. Max actually. <laughs> Mighty Max actually. Like when they're talking in NASA and they're like, this is whatever actual. You know what I mean? I don't understand why they do that either. I don't either. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either, but <laughs> I heard it in The Martian, so. Yeah, they say it a lot. <laughs> this is Hermes actual. I think it's, they're saying that is is us actually talking and not like aliens. An I imposter. Guess. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, because like you never know. Russia, maybe. Oh my god. Someone who has any, even the slightest little bit of military knowledge is banging their head against a wall right now. Oh man. Um, I'm Max. Max actually. Max actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm Kitty, but not Kitty Payman. Oh, oh yeah. That would be horrible mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. She was she a weird little fucker. yeah yeah well we'll get to that (laughs) we sure will (laughs) all right so this is hounds of horror i don't think we said that yet we didn't it is hounds of horror and you can reach us at hounds of horror pod at gmail.com you can also reach us on facebook and instagram whoa 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 slow down i feel like you ran through that really fast it's hounds of horror pod at gmail.com i did it just fine (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like that guy we listened to edit the sound thing. What? <laughs> that video that you sent us about oh, how yeah. to edit the sound stuff. Dunzerino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to. Um, so... What did we do this week? Oh, my God. What did we do this week? We did the last show. And that was one of Vic's picks. Vic's picks. Which is Vic's not a special picks. segment on the show. It's just when I get to choose. <laughs> Which it's is always special. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. We were going to do a segment where I was going to talk about how I would die in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are we going to call that? The Max Actually? <laughs> <laughs> that if, sounds amazing. If Max Actually died. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so, listeners, we're starting a new um, 
it'll be at the end though right uh, bump I, I don't know yeah or, I guess so. well i guess we'll just we'll run into it whenever we run into well, it when it happens then i'll say like okay here's what i would have done <laughs> um, <laughs> did you just try to come up with a new aphorism for we'll cross that bridge when we come to it <laughs> we'll run into it when we run into it like an invisible wall or something <laughs> we'll get there when we get there we never know when it's gonna happen which death it's gonna be it's just it's gonna be there oh okay Sounds great. Actually. I already know how it would have happened to me in this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do too. It's not till the end. Oh, wait. Okay. What did you think? Well, uh, we'll get talk to it. it. You bring it up when you think it would have happened, and I'll tell you what I think would have actually happened to me. Okay. We need like a hand signal so that I can give the Max actually dies like tune. <laughs> and what happens when Max actually dies? <laughs> how he die? How'd he die? <laughs> it was a gun. <laughs> All right. So. I would have walked past the open door in the end and be like, what's nope. going on in here? And like, catch a bullet right in the head. <laughs> Actually, we're going to cut that because that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Um, so, <laughs> just to be clear, this is the 2014 last shift. There were apparently a couple of others. Um, so make sure you're watching the correct movie, and this would be the point where you probably want to stop listening if you haven't seen it, because there are spoilers ahead. Yeah, I'm, I mean, no offense by this, but if you picked any of the other last shifts that had nothing to do with horror, and you thought, this is a weird pick, you probably didn't think that through, or look at all the options first. I think one of the other ones is also a horror movie. Oh, well then I apologize, I apparently did no (laughs) research, so good luck. Yeah, but I bet it sucks. Probably. Uh, maybe. Now we have to watch that next week and compare. Oh, God. Battle of the Last Shifts. I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it my pick this week? Nope. Damn it. We'll get to Wait, why later. it technically would be. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> it is my pick next. Yeah. In the rotation. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. You're getting bumped off, but not in the fun way. Listen here, dibs. Oh, wait. Doesn't bumped off mean killed? <laughs> I thought it meant another thing. Um... Depends where you are. If you're in the boudoir, I think it might be sassy. What I was thinking. Saucy. More horizontal Sa- refreshment sassy. variety. What's wrong with sassy? Saucy. Anyway. Right. So who was in this movie, Max? <laughs> oh, let's talk about people nobody ever heard of. Let's see oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> the discount version, okay. I mean, if you will. We can do that if you want. Actually, probably I'm a lot of people know who some of these people are. I don't, because I stopped watching The Walking Dead after season four, so... Halfway through season four. Um, um, we're going to try to avoid spoilers for The Walking Dead, but... I... I guess. <laughs> we'll try. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so, uh, playing the lead role, we have Julia Harkavy, or Juliana Harkavy, excuse me, as Jessica Lauren. She is a sassy first night police officer with sass. And on her first shift baggage determination yes and or something weird emotional baggage yeah. um uh yeah a, 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 an emotional determination to see this uh okay we have jessica we have juliana harkavy playing jessica lauren and she was also alicia in the walking dead mm. um i vaguely remember who that is if she has a bigger role later on in the show i don't know it so um and then we have uh, Joshua Mickle. Mickle? Joshua Michael, maybe. How's it spelled? Um, M-I-K-E-L. 
Mickle, I, I would say. I'm not even sure if that's right. I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking something up. Yeah. Mikhail. Mickle. You're right. Mickle. Yep. Like Mads Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mickle, do exactly you want a pickle? Like that. <laughs> um, Mads Mickelson would have been good in this movie somewhere. Oh, I forgot. You don't like these kinds. You're very fickle. He would have been good somewhere. <laughs> he should have been the homeless guy. Um, <clears throat> he played John Michael Payman. Uh, he was also Jared in The Walking Dead. Jeez. Yeah. And wait for it. Last but not... Well, last but not least, I guess. Um, we have Hank Stone. <laughs> he plays Sergeant Cohen. Uh, and he also played uh, First Sergeant Hall in The Walking Dead. Jeez. But it's actually a movie from 1995. <laughs> no. About Vietnam. <laughs> okay. Oh. They send a special squad of like all black soldiers to rescue POWs in Vietnam from a camp or something. I've never seen it, but That's a lot of words. Yeah. It's it interesting. It's an interesting plot. I yeah. might have to watch that. It's interesting. But Um so while I was watching um the movie, I was looking up the actors and Jay LaRose who plays the homeless man. I Jay LaRose. LaRose, yes. It sounds like you said Jay LaRose. Jay LaRose. Um, was in a 2020 movie called Sky Sharks, and I'm really hoping that it's about flying sharks. J Lo Rose, J La Rose, J Lo. Oh, yes. Wait, who? He was the, the homeless, homeless guy. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Sky Sharks in the Sky land of sharks. yesterday. But also, I noticed that he was in Fear: The Walking Dead. Oh, <laughs> there's just a lot of that going on around. <laughs> I mean, that eventually fell into the Game of Thrones category for me. People were like, well, you should watch Fear the Walking Dead. That's better. And I'm like, nah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what else did you have to say about it, Kitty? Oh, you're done with all your your shit? That's it. I mean, who else is there in the movie? Um, Oh, besides, maybe you should mention, since you have it up, mention the uh, uh, soiled dove of the evening. The accountant? The, yes. <laughs> the sex worker. Horizontal refreshment giver. <laughs> or maybe refreshment themselves. I'm not entirely sure how that works again. Uh, Natalie Victoria. Natalie Ooh. Victoria. I mean, Two first she names. didn't really have a lot of... I thought she gave a great performance. No, she didn't have a lot of credits. She seems name. very talented. I was just making my opinion known. <laughs> Uh, she was a Tortuga wench in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean World's oh. End. I don't know why I thought you were going to say tortilla. <laughs> she was a tortilla. She was a tortilla. I'd watch that live Broadway performance. Um, but a lot of these actors were also then... Um, Did you call her a Tortuga whore? Wench. 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 You heard what you wanted to hear. I did. <laughs> it's called selective perception. Um... <laughs> But she, I thought it was funny because whenever I was going through her stuff last night, I came across the fact that she was in Water for Elephants and she played Cigarette Girl, which is basically the same role, apparently. (laughs) I wish we can go back to those times where, like, you're sitting at a restaurant and a waitress just comes around with a box full of cigarettes. Yeah. Give me some Charleston Slims. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what cigarettes they had back. Lucky Strikes. How about one of those? Yeah. Pause for just a minute. 
Marlboros. They've been around forever. <laughs> I think so. We're not endorsing smoking. If it's your thing, whatever. But, you know. I smoke. Yep. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I don't have anything. Do you have anything? Does anybody have anything? I mean, I thought you were going to go through director stuff, but I guess you kind of did. You sort of weaved that in, I guess. I mean, I didn't really say their names. Oh, I that might have been the pre-podcast Yeah, I think that was before I actually... Um, Sorry, everyone, you missed it, but I guess it wasn't important enough to Kitty. This movie was directed by someone. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Anthony de Blasi, <laughs> and it oh, was funny. written by Anthony de Blasi and Scott Poiley. And um, <laughs> Scott Poiley's wife was actually in this. Oh. She, Who was she? She was the, the blue-eyed girl, Birdie. Oh, she was also uh, huh. gave a good performance. It was very short. Yes. Tough was um, there. All right. So, hmm. our movie starts out with our heroine. Heroine, I guess. Heroine. <laughs> um, <laughs> having a spat with her mother because she's starting her first shift at the police mm-hmm. station, and you just what was her name? Her first name? Jessica. 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 Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, you can't do this to me. You can't, you just, you can't, you can't have a job. I mean, I understand it. That's not fair to her trauma. But um, she is, like, trying to talk Jessica out of becoming a cop. We but don't it's know too why late. yet. She done she's, became one. Yeah, she's, she's already waited. a cop. She's got the badge and the belt and everything. Because so. it takes a few months to go through the academy. So you kind of had some time to get on this conversation with her. <laughs> Maybe choose your battles. Did I ever tell you I didn't want you to be a cop? Don't hang up. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how it went. She's like, Mom, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. Mom, I really just, I can't have this conversation right now. Which is the only time for that conversation. If you try to have that conversation later, it's too late. Like, <laughs> she's already a cop. She's already worked her first shift. Like, But here's the thing. You can quit being a cop whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the military. <laughs> Where, like, you signed, like, a four... Well, I don't know that for a fact, but... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can just stop being a cop. Mm. I'm making you question yourself, which is really <laughs> funny. Just by making noises. <laughs> um. So she goes in. And... <sighs> Officer Skullface is beating on a locker. Yeah. For, and, and we never find out why. He's, like, muttering under his breath about <laughs> cops. Like, yeah. it was something that he said was, we're on our fucking cops. <laughs> and I don't know what he said. I think it's, yeah, it's weird. And it it does seem as though he's been experiencing some weird stuff there, too. And maybe he just doesn't want to believe it. Or he's just not willing to... Um, talk about it at all and acknowledge it while she's there because he doesn't want her to know because he just wants to not be there anymore. But he tells her to turn around <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's because he wants to see if her skull is intact. We'll explain why oh, later. Oh, I did not think of that. We'll get into that later. Huh, okay. He Maybe. Says, he says turn around and she doesn't do anything. He says, what are you, deaf? Turn around! And then she turns around and starts walking away and he's like, I didn't say walk away. I said turn around. <laughs> And then she stops, and she's totally confused, as we all would be. And then he walks up and introduces himself. <laughs> Isn't that how you introduce yourself to everybody you <laughs> I mean, that, That's only how my first three jobs went. 
I mean, oh the last God. one was a little different. <laughs> and he comes over and she's like, Officer Lowen reporting for duty, sir. Lowen. And Lauren. Lowen. Did I say Lowen? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Officer Lauren. Um, and what did I say? Lowen. I did say Lowen? Yeah, I said Lowen. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Officer Wayne. Wayne for duty. <laughs> It sounded right in my head whenever I said it. <laughs> I said the right word. <laughs> Everybody else heard it wrong. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's explaining to him that she's there to work her first shift and then asks, there must be some sort of mistake. Didn't the station move? And um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, but this is the last shift that's ever going to be worked here and we need somebody here. We're just waiting for... Or he, I guess he didn't tell her yet because she was like, um, can I be frank, sir? But uh, why would they um, why would they bring in a cop instead of a security guard? And that's when he like plays a prank on her, sort of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He tells her that she's all that stands between <laughs> the city and like all the weapons of mass destruction in yeah. the evidence locker. <laughs> Which would have been funny if he was likable to begin with. Yeah, if he had any kind of personality other than angry. <laughs> angry pranks are still pranks. <laughs> ha ha ha! I was joking. <laughs> Why aren't you laughing? Laugh! <laughs> Turn around and laugh. <laughs> uh, uh, yep. So he shows her where the pisser is and the coffee maker, and and what's actually happening is she's guarding. Hazardous waste materials, heroin needles, yeah, poopy trousers, <laughs> all kinds of gross, disgusting shit. Sexed on clothing, yeah. maybe. Yes, that that's a verb. The, <laughs> Biological uh, <laughs> material that has not yet been disposed of by the hazmat team. I do a lot of sexing, and they're <laughs> supposed to be there between. <laughs> not sexting, sexing, <laughs> sexing. Actually, that you would if you were like a biologist or something. Like if you're like, yeah. sexing crabs to see uh, what gender I, they that are. would be a verb. I don't want to do that. That's gross. <laughs> I'll eat a crab. How about that? <laughs> uh, crabs, Whatever gender it is. <laughs> the study of crabs, does that fall under I'm marine still biology? going down this yes. path of not trying to make jokes, but now it is like... An ichthyologist? Off brand. That's what? fish, though, specifically. Theologist? Ichthyologist. Oh. I said, would that fall under the category of marine biologists studying crabs? We'd have to ask... If you are an ichthyologist, please let us know. <laughs> and what the scope of your job entails. Yes, if you say just fish, then oh, I'll trust you. So yes, basically he tells her that this is the old police station, it's been decommissioned, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, turned into apartments or something, I don't know. But A YMCA. Yes, that's the one. But Didn't until you actually then, say that? No. No. Oh. But until then, <laughs> it's one more shift that's going to be open. She's She used to be there to answer the phone for the hazmat team that's coming, and also to turn away anyone who comes to the police station. <laughs> Yeah, Whether by to, phone or to the door. Yeah. <laughs> he says all 911 calls have been rerouted to the new station. Yeah. So um, she should only be getting non-emergency calls. Yeah. Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically. Ugh. So he says he'll be back to relieve her at four and the biologic team or the, the hazmat team should be there sometime between 10 p.m. and 4 p.m. or 4 a.m. Yeah, he's not going to... He didn't... I don't think he said he was going to be back at four, did he? I'm pretty sure he said he'd be back to relieve her like, in the morning. She started her shift at, like, 
Eight. eight. That's a very, very short shift. Cops usually work between eight and 12 hour shifts. I think that he probably has to be there to sign off on the material. She's a rookie. I think the only cop I ever knew worked like three days a week, but it was like... 12 hour shifts. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, really long But of course, if you arrest somebody right at the end of your shift, then you got like an extra four hours. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) he leaves her there alone. Hmm. And she... If he knew this shit was going on, why would he leave her there alone? Because he didn't want to be there anymore. He's angry. Apparently. That's the excuse for everything. Because he's three days from retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) what happens first? The knock at the door or the... uh, Oh, she uh, wanders around for a little while in the... Goes through the horribly disgusting bathroom (laughs) to get to the... I guess that's where the evil was splattered. Well, I don't think she went in there yet. I think she, like, the first thing that we see is her eating her sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And she pulls a long-ass hair out of her mouth. It looked like a thread. It did. It looked more like yarn. I was really hoping when she drank her water bottle, there'd be another thread in that, too. <laughs> her hair. <laughs> I kind of expected it. Honestly, I was yeah. like... Also, did she bring that food with her? Or was that just food that she found I there? Assumed. I think she packed it. <laughs> Um, but then after she gets all grossed out and leaves, she starts walking through the uh, the old bathroom, which is just festering. I don't see how it could be that bad. I don't think I it think actually that was. was. Yeah, is that, that was some the beginnings of her mind warpage? Yeah. Fracturing. And she goes into the locker room and she finds... Lockers. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Locker 25. <laughs> Um, which we then are to surmise belong to her father. Mm-hmm. And she finds a picture of him with her on his shoulders that That she, was at the beginning of the movie? That no. that was like one of the first things that happened, oh, yeah. Pretty early on, yeah. Um and she she pulls it out of his locker and then goes to put it in her pocket and then decides, Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back up here. And whenever she goes to put it in her pocket the locker room is normal, but then whenever she slides it back up into the locker, she goes to walk away, and the next locker over is open and in her face, and then it pans out, and all the lockers are open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like poltergeist. Pretty cool <gasps> scene. It's pretty weird. I don't understand, though, why... Was it supposed to be a, like a, a character-building moment where we're supposed to surmise that she's trying to sort of like go over past? Because I would have kept the picture. The place is just going to be decommissioned and yeah. probably the picture's going to be thrown out eventually anyway. I don't know. I think I think that she maybe just wanted to leave it there because she like, that was where he had it. So, mm-hmm. like, okay. I don't know. Um. Yep. And then, um... After she gets freaked out about that, she hears banging on the door. Mm. And she goes out and goes outside and, like, there's nobody around. So she goes back inside. She goes turns around to go back inside and she sees a man standing in there with his back to her. And she goes in and start like, pulls her gun on? No, her taser. This is... She pulls okay. her taser. Uh, she's not following the escalation protocol i don't know what its right name is i don't remember um there's an escalation like chart hierarchy yeah and like it basically says like you don't start out with the most lethal thing (laughs) yeah she unclips Um, her unless you're threatened with lethal force 
But <laughs> she pulls out her taser and then puts that away and pulls out her gun. Her baton. Her nightstick, yeah. Well, I think she pulled out her gun first and then she put that away and pulled out her nightstick. I think she pulled out like three different things. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, she, I think she only pulled out her baton because I think that the thing was that she realized that, be, it, well, he started pissing on the floor and she. I think she realized that if she tased him while he was standing in a puddle of his own urine, it might kill him because there's water <laughs> under his feet. But the baton is a lethal weapon. <laughs> yes. Like, you crack somebody on the head with that, they're dead. Like, you'll crack their skull open. Well, I mean, there are places to hit people that it's not going to kill them. Like... Maybe. If you, you know, crack their <laughs> knee out. It really depends on how much skill you've put into that weapon. I mean, There's nerve clusters in your joints. There's a lot of skill trees. You if it's traumatized hard enough, you can go into shock and die. But, I mean, that uh, hitting somebody in the knee, I think, is going to be less likely to be lethal than tasing them while they're standing in, in liquid. Barefoot. Possibly. It's going to hurt a lot, though. <laughs> but I do believe she... Um, I don't know whatever those what those holsters are called, but they have like the, the double safety system. And I think that she unclips the first set of safeties on her holster to get her gun ready, which is, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Police protocol. And then she walks in, sees him, realizes what's happening, clips the safety back on, takes out her taser, then puts her taser away and takes out her nightstick because she realizes that he's not listening to her. And that's when she starts. I think she pulls her taser out after he says no, because <laughs> she says <laughs> She says, get out, and he says, like, no, or something like that. I think he tells her, her to shut up or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he, he does. Did. And that's when she she becomes all business and takes out the baton. And and then, and then she just gently kind of sheepdogs yeah. him outside. Out. Bark, bark, out, out. out. <laughs> like, herds him yeah. outside and then locks the door behind him. Yeah. <laughs> you could make a drinking game out of how many times she locks or unlocks that door oh, during my, this You would movie. die if you made a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like... Tapping somebody with that stick like that? You're still on this. <laughs> I am. I mean, not <laughs> no, that I'm it would kidding. kill him. But, like, that could be construed as assault with a lethal weapon. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Like, he could go get a lawyer and be like, she hit me with that baton and I wasn't doing it, you know, except peeing on the floor of the police station. <laughs> Resisting arrest. <laughs> so, uh, she gets him out and then she goes back to walking around the police station for a while. Moseying. And I think she gets a call at that point. And there's a very upset young woman who's trying to get help and saying that she's there really farm. is an upset young woman on the phone but then again there isn't <laughs> well, yeah, there isn't <laughs> well i think she found the boots first and then she brought them out and she, set them yeah. just outside the door and she for found him. yeah and she found yeah. them like up on a shelf yeah in there for whatever reason and, she's going around uh, uh, to try to figure out what's there because i'm pretty sure oh she went to go wash her hands after she touched ew. him and oh, she, right. i think she like mopped the floor too yeah. or oh something. right 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 um, and that's when she finds the boots. And I was under the impression that they were trying to insinuate that he had already been in the police station when she got there. I thought that they belonged to somebody else. Like, no, no, no. They I were, mean, <laughs> they no. were a cops that had left them there or that something. I, I, the janitor's boots. That I think is, is right. But he himself, like his, he was physically in the station when she got there. Because I don't think, I mean, maybe he walked past her, but there wasn't a whole lot of room. And he wasn't exactly, you know, she's. A per- fairly perceptive person, it would seem, but I don't think he walked past her to get into the well, police station. What if? Okay, and this might be a crazy theory, but what if he? A crazy like, theory on our podcast? No. <laughs> what if he died during that night? Quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes. Um, and 
the boots that were there were actually his that Possible. they had taken off before and then that's how he ended up back inside and that was like the first like real big apparition that she saw real big apparition real big, real big. not like that ant that appeared that one time <laughs> <laughs> Just look like an ant. I'd be alright with a ghost ant, I guess. I wouldn't do much to try and get rid of that thing. But she should have burned those boots. You Sam listen. and Dean would have burned those boots. Yeah. It sounded like you said Sam and Dean, like a salmon, like a fish. <laughs> Sam and Sam Dean. Sam and Dean sauce. The Dean of Salmon. <laughs> also, I just imagine a little... A, a I just little... picture a crazy guy in a suit yelling at salmon in the river. Sam and Dean. <laughs> There's old Sam and Dean out by the river. <laughs> I would love to have a little ghost dance if it walked around with a little tiny sheet on. <laughs> it's just a piece of napkin. I would like to have a real ant that just walked around going... Drop a grain of sugar on the desk and it's like... So, it's possible. Because unfortunately... I guess not unfortunately. There's... I think that this type of movie is fun, but when you watch multiple of these movies, it can be a little frustrating. This is one of those types of movies where it is really up to your interpretation. You can make many different assumptions. You can come away with many different ideas of what this movie is about, or or not what it's about, but what has happened in this movie and whether it's real or not and what's real and what isn't. And there's a lot of mind games going on with this movie. So it's really up to you. Here's my, I guess, my first tangent, maybe. Okay. My tokens are at the ready. I'm expertly moving them through my knuckles. Air tokens. Right now. Air tokens. <laughs> um, <laughs> Put a sheet on them. <laughs> I used to work as a security guard, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like as as this movie's going on, like she's alone mostly, except for the sex worker and the homeless guy, um, and the nine one one operator and the sergeant. <laughs> but like it can be unnerving. Um, yeah. And I was actually hired to go guard a, um, it's not a hospital. I guess it was like a clinic. Okay. It was like five floors. And they had a massive flood, I guess like a pipe burst or something Ugh. on like the upper floor. And it just like wrecked the whole place. Like there were panels hanging down out of the ceiling, like bundles of wires just laying around everywhere. And I think they shut off the power because of the wires. My job was to make sure, and I quote, that the re- they left the power on for these refrigerators that were holding medication. Okay. Um, and I was supposed to make sure those refrigerators were still on and cooling the medication over the night. And to make sure nobody tried to steal them. And to make sure that... <laughs> well, yeah. Even though the I was the only person in the building. The, ref- the electricity to the refrigerators didn't catch the entire building on fire. Because yeah. everything was wet. <laughs> <laughs> but if that happened, I just would have walked out the front door and called them and be like, the building's on fire. See ya. Bye. I am not a firefighter. <laughs> I'm going to go break that pipe again. <laughs> I am not a fire guard. I am a security guard. Yeah, you need to call a fire chief for that. But uh, <laughs> it was scary because yeah. the building was dark, except for the lights on and the rooms where the refrigerators were. And, like, there's just, like, water and bundles of wire. Like, it looked like a wrecked up place, you know. And I'm walking around with my flashlight and, like, it just it gets on your nerves after a while. So had you played Dead by Daylight before doing that, it probably would have been a more terrifying experience for you. Well, except I would have been the... (laughs) People suddenly realize they're trapped in the clinic with me. (laughs) Why do we have generators in here? Why are you trying to fix them? (laughs) Keep the electricity off, goddammit. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, but no, I mean, I I had um, I had similar experiences. I was not a security guard, unfortunately, but I had a job. Well, unfortunately, it wasn't a glamorous job. Uh, no, I had to wear a suit. But I also wasn't allowed to carry weapons into these situations. I'm about to explain, but I I did have a gun that night. That made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I thought anything would happen, but it's nice to have that. <laughs> it's a comfortable security. weight to have on your hip. Uh, I had a job that every eh, maybe once or twice a month, I had to go and um, specifically do an evaluation of foreclosed on bank owned abandoned houses to make sure that the um, property was intact and that there was no one living there, and to make sure that all of the pipes and everything had been properly uh, winterized. And it was the same kind of thing. I walked in; and it was really creepy, and we had to check every floor, attic to basement. And if you've ever been in an older, like 1800 style or, or late 1800 house, um, they're really creepy. Like dirt. And I have. Basements, matter of fact. They're really, really <laughs> creepy. And the first thing that I would do every time I'd walk in and I would say, <laughs> I would say, if anyone's here, make yourself known. I'm armed. I wasn't, but it made me feel better to say that. <laughs> and every time I would go up and I would go into the attic and I would pull those stairs down. That's. What would go into my mind was if there was someone that was trying to hide from me, they would go to the next floor up. They'd hear me coming to go to the next floor up. They'd hear me coming to go into the <laughs> attic and I'd keep on coming. And eventually I'd get to the attic and like be moving my light around and I'd turn and they'd be there. And we would both just die of fright. <laughs> What's up there? A scary noise? I didn't have a situation like that, but there was that one time that you left me alone in the house to go help Max move. And I heard the cats jump off of something upstairs and I was convinced somebody was in the house. I left you alone. This is why I'm not allowed to do that. I can count on two hands the number of times in my life that I have been alone overnight. Uh, anyway. I suppose that's where our experiences diverge. <laughs> Spent many nights solitary. Yeah. I either lived with my parents... My parents and my grandma, <laughs> with roommates, and then with Vic. <laughs> like, I never am alone. <laughs> I actively sought out solitary. No, you didn't. You got married. Well, to a point. <laughs> he actively sought out solitary. That's right. That's right. Anyway. I'm so alone. I, but anyway. <laughs> We're going to start our own version of The Bachelor, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> the Bachelor podcast edition. Just a recording of your voice is all that's needed. Oh, I'm not sure where this happened. It was close to this, though. But she looks up and the ceiling says M-O-S. It um, says S-O-W. Well, but f- the first way she looks at it, it's upside down. Oh, yes. I immediately read it as S-O-W. It's because you're dyslexic, maybe. I mean, it's quite possible. It is quite possible. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's, but when she looks up, it says M-O-S. But then she turns and it says S-O-W. Oh. But I was really hoping, like, she'd be able to move, like, one of the panels to reveal the rest of it. And it would say, like, John Stamos. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Or it'd be like a Resident Evil style puzzle where she'd put it in place and then, like, the ceiling would open up into some cathedral hall (laughs) that for some reason exists there. In a one-story police station. I mean, Raccoon City had it. <laughs> Their police station was in, like, <laughs> a, some kind of weird building, like a, a, a gothic building from the 1700s, and it was beautiful, and everything was a puzzle. It's a weird security system. That was in Resident <laughs> Evil. Did we play that one? 
We've played a couple of different Resident Evil games, but yeah, Resident Evil games are known for having the most ridiculous over-the-top puzzles that aren't hard. They're just not something that would exist in the real world. I just vaguely like, remember what you're talking about, like the the historical building. It's, it's <laughs> like weird. There was one to open a door. It was like a glass ball, yeah. and it was the symbol of the whatever, cult. And you just had to turn the ball so the symbol was facing the right way, and then it like slotted in and the door opened. I vaguely remember. Was that the one that um, we had the... GameCube version, but we were playing it in the Wii. That is, yeah, Resident Evil Four, which, okay. in my opinion, is the best Resident Evil game. I mean, it was pretty good. That's the one that has like all the swamp stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, with Leon S. Kennedy. Yeah, that's the one game I have the most copies of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a PS2 two? version. <laughs> I had a PC version, and then the PC version on Steam, and then GameCube. Another version. Nah, I never had a GameCube. <laughs> the Wii version, maybe. Maybe. I really enjoyed the Wii version. I, invo- I enjoyed being able to actually point in first person. <laughs> it was a lot of fun for That me. was the, the big selling point of a Wii. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that, was, that was a lot of it, yeah. That and golf. <laughs> <laughs> nice on! Uh, Any hooch. Yeah, so... Um, this is when she gets called. Actually, I think yes. it's actually just before the sow thing that she gets called. That she yeah. sees M.O.S. on the ceiling. She gets called and uh, the terrified girl says something about how she's on a hog farm. She's with other girls. She thinks that they're dead. She's not sure. She can't really give her the address and she, and she doesn't get her name or anything. She just tries to get as much information as she can. And then she says, I think that they're coming and she hangs up. But she specifically says, I think there are hogs here. And that's when she looks up and sees the the um, M.O. S, which is actually Sows. Then she calls. Yes. (laughs) He's looking down. (laughs) Everywhere you (laughs) Are you here to help me? No, I'm just here to keep you company. (laughs) So I'm in a production of Bye Bye Birdie Uh whenever I was in college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she calls the dispatcher, and the dispatcher is basically treats her like any support tech who's just done with their shift treats someone <laughs> all right what information did you get uh, there are no calls coming into your station i don't know what you're talking about it's <laughs> just like really fucking annoying <laughs> well i got a call no you didn't whatever i'll log it <laughs> whatever if she calls whatever. back just tell her to call me <laughs> just tell 9-1-1. her to call 911. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tell her to call me, Ralph. <laughs> Tell her to turn nine two four one. Tell her I'm single. <laughs> I got some. I need help. So, what color are your eyes? <laughs> I don't know what that Woody the Woodpecker laugh was. <laughs> you were trying to decide whether or not it was funny or in poor taste. <laughs> it was both. <laughs> it was both. Ma'am, have you tried turning the killers off and back on again? <laughs> no. Oh my god. We. I don't know. It's not up to me, I guess. So she goes walking through the hallways. Mm. And she does a lot of hallway walking. She does. And there's like two hallways. She should do less than that. It's not that big. It reminds me a little bit of the police station in Contagion. Yeah. Kind of. Like with how small it is. But also somehow still really confusing. Like you could ask me to give you a general idea of the layout of that floor plan in either the one in Contagion or in this movie, and I would be damned hard-pressed to do it you go in the front door and there's a foyer mm-hmm. her office is right there and then the hallway back past the detention cells take another right and somewhere along that way is the utility room slash storage boxes yeah so got it um <laughs> well, good for you because <laughs> she walked it like 700 fucking times <laughs> but then again she didn't <laughs> 
I must say. Maybe. <laughs> so she's walking again, and all of a sudden, I think, oh, she hears a noise, and she mm-hmm. goes to investigate, and mm-hmm. it's <laughs> the homeless guy who now has his boots, and he's climbing up on top of shelves of files or yeah, some shit. Yeah, looking through evidence files. Which, okay. Which... Why would those still fucking be there? I don't know. And like they're probably like you know power bills and <laughs> shit like that. Um so she's like bosh yet and she holsters her <laughs> weapon and she climbs up onto the shelf with him and subdues him using again her baton. And he waits an she impossibly gives him a rib long, crackle, I think. Yeah, yeah. He waits an impossibly long amount of time after she hits him the first time. She, like, knocks him down, and then he just stays there until she does something else. <laughs> just sort of waits. Which I guess you might if someone threatened you that way. Not threatened, necessarily. Commanded with force. He was a very tangible ghost, if he was a ghost. If he was. So. He's crazy. He is. Yep. And she cuffs him, and then I was like, how the fuck did she get him down off of She just rolled him off. shelves. Like, did she push him? Did she drag it? She... Then takes him to a holding cell, and she unlocks it with her keys, and then opens the door. And walks and in walks with him. And walks in with him. Oh, he, he got down on his knees, and he refused to go in. Oh, that's right. And so she was like, get off your knees, get up. And he was like, no. And <laughs> she was I don't want to. Yeah. Can I have a juice box? And so she pushes him over, and then drags him in. So, you were saying that she drags him into the cell, and then, sort of, not kicking and screaming, just sort of vaguely flopping. rolling around. Yeah, flopping and sort of whining. This is where he thrashes. He's gandying his way out of the cell. <laughs> and she, so she's in there, and she goes to start to walk towards the door. And the door slams shut, <laughs> and her keys were in the door. <sighs> like... I understand that she's a rookie, and I, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know, I guess give it grace, but I don't care that there's no, you don't think that there's anybody else in the jail. You don't leave your keys in the door and enter a cell with an inmate, like with a, a I guess he's not an inmate, technically, he hasn't been, like, arrested for anything, but... I mean... He has. <laughs> she, she didn't read him as Miranda writes. She didn't. She has the power to arrest him, though. She cuffed him and sequestered him, which means he is under arrest. <laughs> she didn't specifically tell him that, though. No, she did not. <laughs> she didn't say he was. She didn't read him as Miranda writes. <laughs> She's kidnapping him, basically. <laughs> but, so, I you just, that's not, it's not something you do. You don't do it. Because what if... There's somebody else there. Just like if you go poop, you don't hang your gun on the stall door. It's out of your control. (laughs) I know somebody got fired for that. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually uh, a scene in the Nathan Fillion show, The Rookie, where... Oh, I love Nathan. That Fillion. happens. It's it's, it's a cute good. show. He he's a middle Nathan Fillion's a cute man. He, he is. Really is. <laughs> he's a, a middle aged dad who 
is getting a divorce and has a midlife crisis and becomes a cop. That's, that's my favorite Nathan Fillion. <laughs> my favorite Nathan 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 Nathan, Nathan Fillion is Castle. <sighs> so, so she's, she's shut in there. Is this where she drops her flashlight? The lights go out. Yes, of course. Because what would a police station be without lights up? <laughs> or a horror movie, might rather. <laughs> What would a police station be without the lights out? The horror movie Lights Out without lights Light? out would have been kind of a boring affair. Um, but she's, I forget what she's doing. She's panicking and, and the girls are singing and she radios to, <laughs> this is Officer Lowen, Le, Lauren. <laughs> Lindsay Lauren. I, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> I keep thinking of Lauren Cohen because we were talking about her earlier, and I think that's where that keeps coming from. Um, she's like, "This is Officer Lauren over at the over at the police station, the old police station. Send backup. I'm stuck in a cell with a perp or whatever." And perp, that's police talk. It is mm-hmm. police talk. That's how she For sounds. Perpo official. traitor. And <laughs> she starts hearing singing back over the radio. Yeah, the radio. And uh, so <laughs> then there's a bunch of light play going on. I don't know. She knocks out the homeless guy in the corner. Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's still on the floor. I think she tases him at some point. I know. Oh, that's does. right. Yeah, cause she's saying, she says, get down, get down, and he won't. And then she hears him getting close to her, so she just, and, and then the lights are all like, because she's tasing him. And he goes down in the corner. Mm-hmm. And... This was one of my favorite parts mm. because I, I forget what happens, but she drops her flashlight and you can hear it rolling on the floor. Now, this is before she tased him because she's like, sir, give me back my flashlight. Ah, uh, yes. Sir, give me back my flashlight. And then the beam shines over and it shines on him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then the next two and a half minutes is like a fever dream. Like, there's, the lights keep spinning around her. They drop it and roll it over and another entity picks it up and shines it around. Occasionally, whenever the light shines back on her, there's something standing behind her. Yeah. Something wearing a bag over its head. And. Yeah. And as, as we see more and more of these entities, or the more, uh, later on, as we see them over and over again, they, the bags start to become part of these things. Their faces. Yeah, sort of I noticed that. With them. Looks like the nurses from Silent Hill. Yeah. I said that. Did, mm-hmm. did I say that out loud? You last didn't night? say that. Well, out I said loud. it first out loud, so yeah. it's my thing. Max, I made it. Max did say it. <laughs> but you said it. You thought it and meant to say it. Because <laughs> we're the same fucking person. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Paper <laughs> I keep my notes on a big thing of paper. So. I feel like if Max and I. <laughs> a notebook? You mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if Max and I were to go on one of those dating game shows, any question that they asked us, we could just answer what we would answer for ourselves, and that would be the correct answer. Oh my god, you guys would be like the most unstoppable duo on that show, and then you'd Max kill each asks other. you for a drink. What do you put in it? And I hold up a sign that says "poison." Okay, he goes poison. <laughs> You're like you guys win your best honeymoon, and then the news the next morning. Two recently winning contestants murdered each other <laughs> the first night of their honeymoon. 
Uh, and I'm just sitting at home. Going, I told him. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, <laughs> where were we? Uh, she gets her flashlight back eventually. Eventually, the I guess cell it rolls over to her from. The cell door pops open and the lights come back on, and she goes out and locks the door and confirms that he's still in there. And she's all frantic and sweaty, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I would be too. I'm not judging her. I would be too. But yeah. <laughs> she goes out and she's walking around the police station again. Oh, she's locking all the doors. I'd like, be sweaty from having to she do was, stuff. She was <laughs> making sure that there was nobody else in the building and she was locking all the doors. And she comes to like the back door where there's a like a handicap ramp. And <laughs> she opens the door and there's an accountant outside. Her name is Marigold. Yes, um, and she's played. My by mama gave named- me that name. I swear. Yeah, I swears. I swears it. Her <laughs> accent is adorable. Um, and she's smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you can't be here. This yeah. is a police. This is whatever. This is police property. <laughs> Township property. Yeah, whatever. police property. And she's like, "Well, this it is- isn't <laughs> anymore. <laughs> this is almost not a police station anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, we'll just." go like leave and she was like can i just finish my cigarette and she was like okay fine but then you have to go and she's uh jessica turns around to go back inside and she she goes wait 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 wait! i have a plot furthering comment to make (laughs) (laughs) i have some exposition to give you Uh and uh she was like i was here that night you know that night that night Mm, and the night she realized what she wanted to do with her life um so she says that she was there the night that the payments were brought in, and they said that they killed them out of that farm, but that didn't actually happen. They died here in the station, and I was in the cell right next to theirs. And it was all a big cover-up. Um, which I don't understand. I guess just because people wouldn't have faith in the, the police force anymore if the... Well, I mean, yeah, I'm guessing, and there isn't a whole lot to support this, but I'm assuming that this was kind of a big deal. Like, the Paymans are a well-known family at this point. I'm I'm assuming that there had been some information brewing about them for a while. They're trying to make um, some similarities between this group and the Manson family. And I, I think that there's this idea that they finally got the chance to take these people down. They brought them into custody, and then seemingly, I mean, in police custody they were able to hang themselves seemingly without the police officer noticing or stopping them. And like, that's kind of a big deal. So no, they, they killed the police officers. So it's not that they didn't notice. It's that they killed the police officers that were there keeping watch over them. I thought they killed no. them when they were arrested. Yeah. They killed them when they went to get the girls before they got there to arrest. That them. was the lie that was told to everybody. They were killed at the police station because when the pictures are all laid out, there's a picture of, um, Officer Price up against a wall in the police station with fucker written above his head. Uh, okay. I guess he just tells her what she wants to hear to further her illusion. So she tells him, tells her about the police officers with this cover up and how the Mansons, or wait, the Paymans were actually there. <laughs> and they were singing that creepy song and Jessica's like, oh, yeah, whatever, I don't believe you. And then she starts humming the song and that's when Jessica's like, wait a second. I just heard that song over my radio. Bum, Before bum, it started bum. spitting ketchup at me. Oh, wait, that's later. <laughs> that's later. <laughs> I got notes about that. Uh, <laughs> Someone put a ketchup packet in my radio. <laughs> um, She goes back inside 
and goes up to the front. Hang she on, gets... hang on, hang on. Oh, 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 oh. I really just wanted to say that I loved uh, Marigold's performance. I don't remember what you said that her her name was. Natalie um, something. Oh, I like her performance. Yes. She's very talented. But then she also, I forget but what it's about. She is but, but then again, she is. <laughs> Uh, but she says but then she tra- says like she'll she would bet her tits in a pack of cigarettes on something and i'm like she says i was deal. there i was there that night i swear oh. i'll swear on my tits in a pack of cigarettes that i was there that night well that that, that was pure evil sprayed oh, right. on those walls or whatever because like, she's trying he- to say that she was in the cell next door when they hung themselves and she could hear them singing and then it just stopped and then when they went to pull her out of the cell i guess to get her away from the crime scene i don't know um, she saw that they were hanging and that there was something evil all over the walls. And yeah, it, she's the way that she says was pure evil. And like, there's a, a like her, there's a single tear that rolls down her cheek and like, it's very serious. And it's just, it's a really touching moment where you're realizing that she saw something really awful and it makes me believe her. I think she actually said that she would bet whatever, and tits her, tits, and her tits and a pack of cigarettes whenever she <laughs> i remember it distinctly um <laughs> th- i think she says that jess is a rookie because she said that she uh, could spot a rookie in a whole room full of pigs yeah <laughs> maybe um we all have bitch. To... <laughs> man guys we're normally so on point with remembering exactly what happens in these movies i don't know what's yeah. going on tonight we're really off our game i must say i if if i had written a note about that it literally probably would have just said bet my tits and a pack of cigarettes and i wouldn't have followed up with what she would have betted on i said i like marigold and then the next line says tits and a pack of cigarettes because that's the part i wanted to hear mine would have said boob cigarettes <laughs> so she I goes I forgot what i was doing she goes back into the police station and i think i believe she gets another call at that point yeah from monica so. yes Yes, and that's when she finds out her what her name is. It's Monica Young, and that's about all the more information that she gleans. I think there's one more, one other time that she calls the dispatcher. In, I think there's three times total, and I think the second time she calls, she tells them about the hog farm thing, and oh, that might actually be the first time. And the dispatcher says, "Did you get her name or any information about where she is?" And she's like, "No, I, I didn't." And you know, she's realizing that she's got to try to do that in the future if she calls back. He's like, all right, I'll look into the hogs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, the second time she tells her, she tells him that her name is Monica Young and she's 17. Hmm. And then he's like, okay, well, if you get any more information, but I swear all of the calls have been rerouted. So she's not calling 911. She's calling your direct number. Yeah, and she's, she's like, the station oh. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> These phone calls sound like shit. <laughs> uh, and she also got a What call- do you mean a pig? She also got a call from uh, the the dude from the um, hazmat team. Nah, uh, Mr. Hazmat. He's like, yeah, Joe? I'm up to my knees and shit here, and I, it's gonna be a while. And he might have been speaking literally. Literally, yeah. And but why are they? What, what? It's the middle of the night. Is I it mean, twenty four hour hazmat service? Apparently. I mean, um, I guess. For environmental stuff, you'd have 24-hour response for something. But. Yeah. Speaking from sort of experience, a lot of places like, uh, I, I assume, police stations and hospitals, but grocery stores, primarily they will sanitize in off hours so that they have less contact with the general public. Makes sense. But, um, yeah, it's weird. He says something, you know, we'll be there. And she's like, so what should I expect you, like, four? And he's like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not making any promises. She's like, okay. 
I'll, I'll be in my okay. squad car. So, or no, that's later on. I'm sorry. Something makes her start walking again. Tears whistling. <laughs> okay. And she goes and she stops at a door and she looks in it and there's, um, oh no. She ends up in a room where a bunch of chairs start rolling past her. I guess it's an interrogation room. I think that was the break room. The interrogation room, interrogation, the one that you're thinking of is when she, she looks at the pile of, like, the random assortment of chairs, looks away and looks back, and they're all stacked together. Yeah. But before that, I think, Kitty, is what you're talking yes. about, where she's in the break room, and there's two really old CRT TVs. Oh, yeah, playing the... Cathode uh, Ray Tube. I was waiting for it. And then... <laughs> the stuff... Yeah. It's uh, the only thing you can play Time Crisis 2 on with the light gun, too. The gun con, too, light gun. Beep, beep, warning. <laughs> beep, beep, warning. So, if somebody knows how to do that on a flat screen, give me a call. I need to know. Because I've been looking around this old CRT TV just so I can play fucking Time Crisis 2. Time Crisis 2. <laughs> Without buying one of the new light guns that's supposed to work on a flat screen. Because mm. that's stupid. I don't want to do that. It's your second tangent. We <laughs> <laughs> <So>, were <laughs> um, running out of movie. <laughs> so, so she ends up in, I guess, I guess it was the break room, and uh, the interviews with the payments start popping up on the screens, yeah. proving the point that, yes, in fact, they were at the station. Yep, they were interviewed. And. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's like. <gasps> That's like right after the stuff with Marigold because mm -hmm. she didn't believe it until she saw the stuff on the TVs and then it's all coming together. No, mm -hmm. and then the lights start flickering and <sighs> the three payments that had been arrested start um, going by her. This was a great scene. Mm. Um, there's <laughs> they're they're in the chairs rolling past her, but. You don't, she, whenever she's facing them, you don't ever see them. It's only whenever they're behind her yes, that you the see background. them. And so she can't see them in the chairs, but she just sees the chairs coming at her and yeah. it's so creepy. Mm -hmm. And one of them hits her in the leg and knocks her down. And she like gets the fuck out of there. She keeps repeating the officer's oath, I guess. As if it's yeah. the Lord's prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like protect and serve something out of a badge and. Nothing about criticism. I got a badge. I got a badge. I got a badge. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Should I die before I wake? I pray the Lord my gun to take. And she starts running through the police. I think she she's looking to see who those people were. And she starts running through the police station. And that's when she ends up at a room that has a bunch of office chairs in it. And then she hears a noise down the hall from her. And she looks at it. And then she looks back. And all of the chairs are stacked in a weird configuration, like, in a half yes. a second. She looked away for half a second. Can you look at a noise? She looks in the direction in the where direction a noise has emanated from. That's okay. And, uh... <laughs> As someone who has pulled, I would say, a fair number of pranks on my friends and family, I can tell you with absolute confidence that there is no possible way that a normal human being can stack that many chairs together, any number of human beings can stack a number of chairs together like that without making a sound that quickly and get out of your line of sight before you turn back around. It's Evil just Knievel not could. <laughs> fractured ass. The Flash could. Okay. Yeah, when Flash I said could. normal human being, Evil Knievel and the Flash are I not bet Batman could. He is a normal human being. He if would he throw wasn't down, a comic. He would throw down a smoke bomb. 
<laughs> and you go, <laughs> and then whenever the smoke cleared, he'd be gone. And you're like, what the fuck? But the reason Vic brings this point up is because the next thing that she says is, ah, you guys are fucking with me. <laughs> and she, I think, starts doing the the rational thing that any of us would do is she she starts trying to rationalize the things that are going on around yep. her. I and, get it. You're messing with the rookie. Yeah. <laughs> and she walks out to the front and because she hears banging mm-hmm. and she goes out and she's like, okay, well, there's this cop standing there and she opens the door and she starts talking to him as if she's met him before. Like, I think she's talking to him as though she's finally come to the conclusion, which her brain is now flooded with relief because she thinks that this person and others have been pulling a prank on her. And that's why she's talking to him so candidly because she's kind of annoyed, but also relieved. His brain doesn't make that conclusion. <laughs> He's in now. <laughs> so is that in poor taste? Maybe. I mean, everything I say is in poor taste. They start having a conversation and he's like, flirting with her yeah and she's not exactly mad about it like she's like yeah. okay she's appreciating well yeah he's like well and she's like how many of you are there are you doing he's like i don't know what you mean yeah um and she realizes he's telling the truth he doesn't know yeah yeah I, and, and I, she's just like oh nothing it's fine like, i just came fine. to check up on you are you okay and he eventually launches into I, you know, like, I, I came to check on you because I knew your dad and yada, yada, yada. And I just wanted to, I, he'd be so proud of you and all this stuff. Oh, and yeah. it's actually kind of touching. He's like, I was there the night he died, you know. And he says about. Oh, he was. He says about how they went out to the farm. Bong. How they, how they went out to the farm. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm allowed to live. <laughs> that's questionable. Oh, so. that's so mean. He's laughing. I mean, I'm permitted to live. I don't whether it's good or not. I don't. <laughs> um. So, uh, he starts going through what had happened the night that her dad died, and they got out to the farm and. Um, there were like a dozen girls in there and they got out as many as they could. He pulled out four women while her dad laid down covering fire and allowed him to get them out. Yeah. And so he, he goes off about this and, um, don't police wear a bulletproof vest all the time. Not all the time. No. Like (sighs) if they're in, like in the office, I don't think they do. Like it's only when they're out on patrol. And only in certain areas, like, yeah. the people, or the, the police officers in my hometown only wore bulletproof vests when they were specifically getting into a potentially dangerous situation. <laughs> but when they were just running normal patrol, they didn't wear one. I mean, I'm sure you could probably choose, maybe, I, I, I very well could be wrong, I'm, I'm just surmising here, but I would... I would assume that in that line of work, you could choose to wear one all the time, which I would. I think you could. I would. Certain areas probably require it. Like, if you're in, like, New York City or something, then they might require that you consistently wear one. But here's the thing, and maybe your point will make this known, or at least maybe it'll make me understand why you brought that up, but a bulletproof vest doesn't protect you from getting shot in the face. Nope. It doesn't. So, I'm not Um, sure what your point about that was. Well, my point about that was, 
and maybe this will get cut, but her dad, a lot of those bullet holes were in his chest and stomach. There's a very obvious one that's in the forehead. No? He had one to his head. I swear there was. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Because there was blood coming out of his mouth. I mean, I guess that would happen if you got shot in the chest. Well, in the movies, anytime someone gets shot vaguely near their head, blood comes out of their mouth. That's true. Yeah, people can get hit hard in the kneecap and blood comes out of their mouth. It's really just a, I've been hurt, blood comes out of my mouth sort of thing. So, anyway, they finish up their conversation and um, he says, yeah, there were uh, six girls and two police officers that died that night. And one of them was your dad, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's like she's hearing this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said including your dad. So maybe he was oh. just specifying that there were not two additional police officers, including like on top of her father. But um, he uh, he's like, all right, well, I really got to get back to work. And he turns around to walk away. And his brains are coming out of the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Indeed. What's left of them? Um, Mm -hmm. and so he walks out the door and she's like, (laughs) which I probably would be too. I felt good for a second, but now I feel worse than I did before. Yeah. My brain (laughs) rationalized this and now it can't. And he walks out the door, walks past one window and into kind of a blind spot Mm -hmm. and then walks past another, well, his footsteps, the sound walks past the next Mm. window, but he's gone. Yeah. Going. And she's like. (laughs) <laughs> and like gets up and starts oh, looking oh, oh, oh. <laughs> starts looking for him <laughs> and he's nowhere to be seen yeah is that when she calls officer dickhole and is like yep yep i can't time. do this i think i'm seeing things and he's like listen what? bitch <laughs> missy is the police station on fire are you dying then don't call me yeah. it's like what an asshole yeah I'm I'm convinced that he doesn't care about her at all and just doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to have to be responsible for what's happening. Because if what you said in the beginning is true, then he knows shit's up. Yeah. Like. That's what I choose to believe. And I, I choose to believe that he didn't want to be the one that eventually got extremely fucked up by this. And I think that he, again, I'm just surmising, but I think that he may have orchestrated having this. Uh, rookie be there that night so that he didn't have to be there knowing that this was getting worse and worse and didn't want to be there for what he presumed to be the worst night because it's the last night it's the last shift and now he's just treating her like shit because he just doesn't want to care because he knows she's going to get fucked up and well also he just got done with one shift where he presumably ran into creepy shit in this presumably allegedly office and he has to turn around and be right back there at the end of her shift in 10 hours, 12 hours, however long her shift is. So, I mean, I would be kind of grumpy if somebody called me waking me up, too, if it weren't a dire emergency. How could you sleep? <laughs> yeah. But here's my problem. Why the fuck would she call him and not 911? Like, and, and not, not, uh, not about... Like, or I mean, she tried radioing dispatch, but I mean, like, talk to the dispatcher that you've been calling periodically throughout the night and talk to him about it because ignoring the ghosty shit that's been going on, you have a fucking homeless man in a cell. True, like, that you he, haven't given any water to or food. And or, he should not be there. <laughs> or gave him any kind of chance for representation. Yeah, why didn't she call someone right away to come pick him up and take him to the actual police station? Yeah. For booking or... So... 
She didn't even check him for weapons. No, she didn't do saw. anything. She left him have his she hobo him, bag and left him handcuffed. Yeah, which I don't think that's legal. I don't think you're allowed to in, like imprison someone with their hands cuffed. I don't know. I don't know police codes. So I'm just yeah. completely speaking out of my ass. Um, it's a cool trick. You just do it sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, that sound comes out of my mouth. <laughs> So the thing that I'm bothered by is that she presumably, okay, so they're saying that this, um, the Payman family thing happened about a year before or so. A year exactly. to the day. Exactly one year. one year. One year later. So she was well old enough that she could have looked into this or, you know, what happened to her dad. She knows what this case is about. She probably started to become a police officer maybe a few months after it happened because I think it takes a couple of months to get through the uh, academy and all that. So... You're saying that <laughs> police academy <laughs> in all that time, she didn't do enough research about the case or she didn't know enough about her dad to know what her part, what his partner's name was. Apparently. I mean, not. I, I get that it's supposed to be a fun moment where that's a creepy moment where we find out, Oh no, he's dead. But I don't understand how she didn't know immediately when he said what his name was that she didn't put two and two together and go, yeah, my, my, my dad's partner's name was Bryce. Or even if he wasn't his partner, like it's possible they weren't actually partners. Like they just knew each other. But to know that that was the other cop that yeah. died the night that your dad died. Like this doesn't seem like a very big town. Their jail is tiny. Mm. Like name any of the people I worked with at my last job. You really want me to? I mean, well, we can cut it, but. Can you? Um, I can, but it's going to take me a minute. So let's keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Um, was there actually a I I knew was one. I mean, I if you don't know, your best guess would be because it's the most common name it in the is. United States. Wasn't uh, uh, the... Uh... Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it is weird she didn't know who Price was. Like <laughs> okay, but if I studied, Let's, we have to cut all that. that if was I was a, studying your last they're, job, they're generic ass names. Like it's. <laughs> Let's. We can still cut them. It's fine. We can still cut it, but we can use your boop thing. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that if I had studied the people from your last job, if that was, or if I studied something that involved information about the people in your last job, I would know their names. If especially if my parent or. Prom- I almost said promotional figure. <laughs> if my parental figure had my PR died <laughs> surrounding, I, I just think it's whatever. It's fine. It's well, just it's kind of lazy writing for them to just pretend that she doesn't know his yeah. name. Whatever. Because it's a small enough town that that shit would have been plastered all over the fucking newspapers, and she yes. would have known the name of the other police. It officer. would have been a big deal. His Maybe she thought would've... it was Vincent Price. Maybe <laughs> she was pretty delusional at the end there. <laughs> Six. Women I think she was died. delusional before she ever got there. It's indetermined. Indetermined is what I said. Undetermined. Undetermined. Indeterminate. So um, she then gets another call. From Monica. Mm-hmm, and she figures out her name, her location. She says that she's trying to get away from them. She escaped. She, she escaped from them. And she's running down a road. She says where she's at. She says that they're, they're coming. They're right next to me. And then the line goes dead. She calls the dispatcher and says, I finally, I have her location. I need you to get out there as soon as possible. And he says, um... I think he calls her rookie. He says, rookie, like she's dead. She's like, no, I, I just talked to her. And he's like, Monica Young, she died. Uh, I think after all of this happened. No, he said that she died a year ago. She was oh. the last victim yeah. of the payments. The last victim. Found okay. beaten to death in the woods. With and a baseball bat. That, that's when she says, or he tells her that it's someone pulling a prank on the station. 
uh, there's some sick fuck is calling in and pulling some sick joke on you. Well, he said not all of the Payman family was captured, so they it could be them. Scattered, yeah. And then he says... And it's like, if that was true, if he suspected that, why are you not sending backup to this police yeah, station? Yeah, start tracing that call. I mean, do, <laughs> do something. Add if he some... thinks it's remotely possible the Paymans are reaching out to torture this new cop, what yeah. is that? That was a dog. Dog, oh. dog gone boo So, uh, this well, was the... Um, I wasn't finished. He also tells her that, and this is the part that I got confused because I thought it was the sergeant, Sergeant Angry, but Sergeant Angry does nothing positive for her at all at any point. No, it's the dispatcher that says... I was going to argue, nope, he doesn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To the very end. The dispatcher says, um, he says to her, he says, like, it could be the payment family just, you know, messing with you. Some of them are still out there. They scattered whenever all this stuff happened. And then he kind of like lowers his voice and takes on a softer tone and, and... says but i mean we're not supposed to talk about this but there's a reason that the new police station was built so fast and they wanted to get out of there because weird things started happening there we at first it was just small stuff that we you know something being out of place or lights flickering and then he starts to explain this to Toilet her Toilet backed up yeah plunger <laughs> mold growing in the bathroom <laughs> a little girl throwing a table across the room but that was totally explainable um and as he's talking to her I think she gets a phone call and on her cell phone just telephone hangs up on him and he's like, I'll call you back. And it hangs up like, no, like he's telling you. Wait, no, no. What happened? Something no. can, something gets the her picture attention. She's like, oh, yeah. That's right. She's like, floor. I gotta go. It's a picture. I mean, I get it. It's a picture of her dad. It's, unfortunately. It's one of the, the crime scene photos yeah. of her father. And she goes over and she like picks it up and starts looking at it. And she, I think then gets a phone call from her mom and her like her mom starts talking to her and like, I'm so sorry about earlier. We can talk about this later. I just I really love you. I just hate the way we ended it. (laughs) And she's like, "Okay, yeah, mom, I got to go by and hangs up with her. And then the next thing you know, there's like a bunch of pictures on the floor. The floor is covered with crime scene photos. And. The conversation with the dispatcher is about the point, like the one that she just had, was about the point where I started to think that basically everybody that she had interactions with, with the exception of her mother and the sergeant, Mm -hmm. were dead. And Joe from the hazmat team. And Joe from the hazmat team. Uh, Like, I started to get the impression that they were were all dead. Um, Okay. Because, I mean... Besides her mother and... Sergeant Skullface. Yes. And Joe. And Joe from the hazmat team. And so... Oh, you think the dispatcher was dead? I think he might have been. Hmm. Um, You sounded like you added added the sound effect for spitting. The (laughs) dispatcher. I also call Sergeant What's-His-Face Officer Pickle Pants. Mm. Because he's just... What a turd. He has got fickle pickle pants on. (laughs) So... And they're slightly crunchy. (laughs) There are these pictures of um, of her dad, of or uh, Officer Price, Mm. um, the girls, Kitty, and um, what's Maxine? Okay, Maxine. No, I've just because you said Kitty, and then I made my name be a girl's name, Victoria. Okay, no, her name was Dorothea. Dorothea. Because I've yeah, it was Kitty and Dorothea, and. <laughs> so Where she, are they? 
<laughs> it's like all the people Oklahoma. surrounding this story are from way down south. <laughs> so, but the cops are not. <laughs> uh, yeah. She um, is looking at these pictures, and the picture of Officer Price is him against what I perceived to be a police station wall with the word fucker written above it. Yeah. Um, Presumably then, in his blood. It was written in white. I thought it was like brown because the pictures were all weird colored. Oh. Huh. Like I thought they the pictures seemed like they were old and, and almost sun bleached. They were weird colors. Like they were okay. brown. But I could be wrong. I I will concede the fact that I'm probably wrong. I want to be wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> so um I was like, okay, so the people that they killed, some of the people that they killed at least were in in the police station, I think. I think. Um, and so I started thinking then at that point that the that Marigold had been killed that day as well. <gasps> and I gasped and made the dum 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 sound. <laughs> Here comes the ant again. <laughs> Wait, what noise did he make? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> it just stopped me like, where's the ant? Oh, there he is. I just thought it was weird that she would show up on the anniversary of that and she would feel more comfortable standing at the police station where she saw these horrific things yeah. than anywhere else in the city. <laughs> and so than anywhere that you've not experienced horrible trauma. Because she makes a comment like, I just feel safe here, you know, like she actually says that. It's because and you never left. Exactly. <gasps> I meant that to be facetious, but I guess it's not. I think that the same thing was true of the homeless man, because as you said earlier, how else did he get in there? How did his boots get on that shelf? And I thought that maybe they might be. How did the shelf get under his his boots? boots. So. (laughs) It was the um, shelf all along. (laughs) While she's kneeling. (laughs) While she's kneeling there, uh, looking at the picture, she looks back into the other room real quick. And then looks back out, and there's just dozens of crime scene photos. All yes. neatly laid out. All Instead of the scattered ones that she had previously oh, yes. seen. Just a mosaic. Um, was the shelf seen before this or after this? Uh, it was after, but we did skip one thing that I wanted to talk about. There's a part early on where she's sitting at the desk, just kind of metaphorically twittering her thumbs. I think she's actually reading her um, procedural manual. Um, and one of the... Official vocab guidelines. That's one. Her dictionotomy. And <laughs> the rolling filing cabinet behind her rolls a little, and she looks back at it, and then goes back to what she's doing. And it rolls a little more, and she looks back at it, and then gets up and starts to investigate it, and rolls it a little bit, and just, just to check and make sure it wasn't you know, gravity, and then sits back down. And then it slams up against another one, and she gets up and looks around again. And then I guess just thinks it was the wind and goes back to what she was doing. What got her to get off the phone with the dispatcher whenever um, she called the third time about Monica Young was that I can't believe we all forgot this. Um, She was standing there getting ready to call the dispatcher on her cell phone. And then she 
the phone line disconnected with Monica and then her cell phone rang and he's like, hey, it's the dispatcher you were talking to earlier. Monica Young is dead. She was killed with a baseball bat. And then all of a sudden there was a noise under the table. I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. This happened yeah. after the picture part. Yeah, you're thinking I of- know that for a fact. Okay. All right. So she was going to go out into out. the parking lot. So you're right. She gets distracted from the phone call where he's trying to console her and tell her about the creepy things that's happening there. And she says, I'll call you back. And I was really annoyed about that. But it's because she sees a picture of her okay. dad. And then she and then looks. And she's, she's kneeling there. They catch on fire. And there's a Yeah, she's like being uh, psychic blasted. Pounded to the floor by psychic yes. blasts. And then um, she comes to and her gun and her baton are gone. And that's when her mom calls her and she's like, excuse me, I'm sorry about the way we left things. And she's like, I gotta okay. go. Yes. I gotta go. All right. well, you are I gotta find my weapons. Not important to me right now. <laughs> and um, she she goes to look for them and she ends up getting bopped across the bounce with... The baton. Oh. The baton. She gets... Uh, she's running because she sees someone walking across... Or she sees someone just around the corner and she starts trotting after them and then thwack right yeah. in the forehead and that then would be a, could be a lethal blow. it would hurt a lot if it didn't kill you she comes to sitting across the table from birdie blue-eyed crazy lady now who did you say that was she was one of the producers um, the, well she so in real life she is married to the writer uh, oh that's right um, I thought she was very pretty too. And she was. She was very pretty. And uh <laughs> she's going on and on and on about how she followed him and how could he bring those two bitches to this like along with him yeah. for the end and all this stuff. And you don't know if she's a, an apparition or or a real thing for a little Jessica bit. Jessica kind of accuses her of being an apparition. Yeah. This is all in my head. You don't have my gun. My gun's on my belt right now. I could be staring at a wall. <laughs> it starts to turn into Fight Club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the gun's in my hand. Uh, Shit, I thought that would work. <laughs> and then uh, Birdie is like, yeah, well, I'm following him into the dark and shoots herself in the, the head just very unceremoniously. And I don't I mean, I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> That's kind of a cool line. But she says... <laughs> it's the anniversary, and I wanted to do something special, so bang, and shoots herself, and there's no warning, there's no preamble, she just does it. Yeah. And that's when you realize that she was a real person. I thought the preamble was just something in the Constitution. Preamble? No, yeah. I think preamble is what we do every time where we, before we say, I'm Max, and you know, I'm Victor, and I'm Kitty. You? We preamble a lot before we get into the actual amble, I think. I guess. This is the amble of our podcast. A there's prelim- post-amble as well. A preliminary or preparatory statement in introduction. It is definitely not that for us. (laughs) (laughs) So she retrieves her gun from the puddle of blood left from Birdie. And And like almost breaks her finger getting her gun off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was her hand. (laughs) But her finger was still stuck in the trigger guard and she's like... (laughs) (laughs) Give me my gun. (laughs) So now her gun is covered in someone else's blood. Um, and she runs up to the front and she calls Joe, the hazmat guy, and is like, Joe, I'm going out to sit in my car. I got to go by and hangs up and goes outside. And then she tries. She starts to go outside and whenever, like whenever, doesn't she? She gets like partway out the door and then she hears the phone ringing, I thought. I think um, we, that might be earlier. 
I actually think that that's earlier. Okay. I think at this point, things are really starting to thin. Okay. And, I think and she, she can't tries get out. To get and out. that's the time that she, like, tries to unlock the door. Like, seven, like she's, like, doing yeah. the USB thing where, like, <laughs> you flip it over a bunch of times because the first way wasn't right. And um, she goes back to the desk, and that's when she hears the thunk underneath of it. And it is... Bum, bum, bum. I actually... I oh, think, yeah, I guess it was. I think that she actually has one more call, and Monica tries to say... That she's the phone's ringing and it's like on the desk like it's full of and the very bottom of the phone is just out of frame because there's someone standing just out of frame like (laughs) but she picks up the phone and Monica tries to say this is Monica I need help some more and she's like no you're dead and he's like (laughs) I'm on a show with my five friends um so yeah and then she starts laughing and singing a song and then the line just goes dead and that's when you hear the thunk and that's what you're talking about the the desk starts to get moved around after um the birdie incident she was quickly walking through the hall and a creepy you called you call what did you call her javier botet or something like that <laughs> like this <laughs> javelina i think is what javelina javelina botet is what i said <laughs> is like crawling after her on the yeah. floor she's like making all kinds of bone poppy sounds again and cartilage creaking kind of silent hill mm. nurse-esque yeah like the way that i mean her, her bones body are, their bones are all and, crackly too yeah. yeah um very like disjointed kind <clears> of <throat> it's very unsettling and um but she so she's at her desk and um uh monica's ghost knocks on the desk and the her face was all fucked up because they beat her with a baseball bat and um i'm pretty sure that kitty had made a comment about it earlier about how they had beat a girl so bad that they like rearrange the teeth on her face or something like that and there were like teeth yeah. sticking out of the wounds in monica's head it yeah. went all the way up past her eyebrow yeah she says i think it's during the interview scene where they're taking their statements and well statements i don't know it's the weird little fucked up girl yeah, yeah. And she says once you hit someone with a baseball bat a couple of times they don't look like people anymore their face swells up and they look they make sounds like pigs. Yeah. And she says, that, I, I swear I killed one girl who squealed like a pig. And it's really unsettling and horrifying to and listen to. And she does a scarier version yeah. of uh, uh, the little kid from A Christmas Story whenever he's eating mashed potatoes. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, she says about them beating her with a baseball bat. And, uh, oh, my God. Ugh. But uh, so Is Monica it? comes out from underneath the desk. And that's when um, Jessica ends up in the, the rolling filing cabinets. <laughs> if any of you have ever been in tangent in any of those before they are scary by themselves like one point of order and i understand that she's terrified because i don't remember if the desk moves around before she sees her underneath or if it's after but either way she looks down and sees this horrifying mangled person folded 16 times under her desk and she leaves her gun sitting on top of the desk mm. when she retreats she from it and drops backwards. And then, yes, you're right. They are horrifying. They're they're like an evil trap or a trap from an evil genius where you hide in a place that's made to crush you as the walls come together like a trash compactor. It's a really scary place to hide in. Yeah. <laughs> the filing cabinets is what I'm referring <laughs> the to. The rolling filing cabinets. That sounds awful. So um, Monica eventually skitters off. Or she something. goes one she way. She skitters away and then skitters back and like gets right in her face and then she's gone. 
It's yeah, but it's so unsettling because she she goes one way and then she skitters right past the opening without looking Slide in. Slide to the left. Yeah. Slide <laughs> and to then the right. You don't see her for a few seconds. She's kind of watching her and then she goes out of sight and then she's just shaking in this place where she has nowhere to go. She's, she's put shaking herself in her boots. Yeah. Um, she's put herself in a position where she can't get out. And then Monica comes back with like the fingers that wrap around the side of the, the filing cabinet. She slowly pulls herself in and it's her bones are creaking and she's slowly shuffling up to her, making these horrifying sounds. And she just closes her eyes and wishes really hard that she's not real and she's not. And she gets up and runs down the hallway and uh, ends up back in the holding cells, holding cell area where the homeless man is. And he's like pounding on the door, trying to get out and begging for help. And so she finally goes to open the door. No, she walks away. She leaves him as he's saying, please don't leave me in here. And she looks in there and there are three, the, the three hanging corpses with masks, bloody masks over their heads. And he's screaming to let her out as they're like violently shaking, um, uh, like they're ghost corpses, but they're like shaking behind him. And he's screaming to, for her to let him out. And she just says, "It's not real. It's not real." I don't know if she's trying to tell him it's not real or if he's <laughs> she's trying to say that all of it's not real. But she leaves, and it's really heartbreaking because he's terrified and he's just screaming for her to let him out. And he she just leaves, and she. Walks away muttering to herself, which I mean, I mean, I would too. Um, and well, whenever she see, whenever she sees them hanging in there, she's that's when their faces are real bloody. Yeah, and, their masks um, are starting to become part of their flesh at that point. They, she ends up in a room trapped with um, John Michael Heyman, Kitty Heyman, and Dorothea Payman. Payman. Not Heyman, Payman. Um, where they're all like wearing the bags over their heads, but then he pulls his off and he has a pentagram carved into his face. It's like a sheet that's playing a, like a movie of them for some reason. Yeah. And it's it's playing what happened inside the cell as they were singing their song. And I don't remember now how she gets there, but she's in a room and there's a sheet that's playing projection style, projector style them singing as they're pulling apart their bed sheets, making these makeshift masks. And one of the girls is biting their hand hard enough to let a lot of blood out. And they start painting these masks up and he puts them over their heads and starts tying the, the noose of bed sheets around them. And then they get ready to hang themselves. And then this is one part of the movie that I did find predictable. I was like, well, they're going to come out from behind the sheet. And then they came out from behind the sheet. There's a whole part of this that we didn't talk about. Oh, really? Um, in the interviews with the Paymans and stuff, oh, yeah. they're asking them if they were Satanists. And they said no. Like, we refuse to do any of the Lord's work or something like that. Yeah. And they're like... Yeah, about... So, so you worship Satan, then? Yeah, and they're like, Satan? Satan punishes people for eternity. That sounds like the Lord's work to me. And like, I'm like, that was probably the best writing in the movie <laughs> it's it's um, certainly a really fun idea i thought but, that they they were saying i thought for some reason i thought that they were saying that they worshipped somebody even more powerful than satan they were yeah there's like something there like they made before some, him some comment about how satan was basically chump change for <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the, the king of hell whatever yeah. the devil was in hell long before lucifer showed up i think is or the, long before 
the Lord's choir boy was sent there. I think he's what he says or something along those yeah. lines, the Lord of hell. But I don't really, under, I don't understand. I that. was pretty sure that Diablo was the Lord of hell. <laughs> it, I mean, and then there was Mephisto and Bale, but yeah, he was, <laughs> was always a prick. But or Mephisto. Mephisto, that was Mephisto. a little, Yeah, he was a prick. One shot with you with a weird blue lightning thing. I always stood where he couldn't reach me and just threw spears at him. Or exploding bottles. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, the javelins and the exploding bottles. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh so <laughs> Roderick Cube. <laughs> after they come out from behind the sheet and then she like she sees at first they look normal and then there's blood and then he takes his mask off and that's when he has it all carved up. Yeah, his yellow eyes. And, and- he like goes like all like Hannibal Lecter at her <laughs> and <laughs> she starts running and then she, there's all of a sudden some hooligans running around in there. Hooligans. She goes to leave again. She's got her gun. <laughs> she's got all of her stuff oh. back again and she's going to leave and she gets a call from her dad. Yeah. Who says, I love you, honey. Like, I promise. Stick it out. Yeah, it's going to be OK. I'm so proud of you. But the people who did this to me are in this building. The people who took your daddy away from you are in this building. You need to do something about it. They're coming. And, and she says she'll stay. Yeah. Like, okay, daddy. I would have been like, fuck you. Yeah. I, you are not equipped for this. You are Was not even 5% equipped for this. Before or after she tried shooting the door. Uh, I think that was after yeah she's trying to get out it's like right after she tries to shoot the door and it just like bounces off like some invisible force field those are some of the best effects in the movie and then homeless guy walks behind her and she's all go back to your cell heels yeah it's like like it fractures and then it just like yeah like it's like all ghosty and whatever Um, Um, and the homeless guy is walking behind her and she's all hey get back to your cell and goes to grab him or she says get on your knees and he does. Put your belly on the floor. And he does. And then the lights go out and she's going over to, to handcuff him. And when the lights come back on, his hands are in front of him and he's flipped over. His face up. And his face is... There's some really great effects in this movie, but that looks one's like not so great. the Arnold Schwarzenegger face <laughs> yeah, at the end of that Mars movie. I thought Total that it, When they got Total Recall, yeah. they get sucked out into Mars's non-atmosphere, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Ugh. and then they release the atmosphere, and somehow they're fine. Like they just recovered from their heads being like, you know, that's how that's how it works when you're an action hero. <laughs> I thought that she looked, or that the, that he looked like. Do you guys remember that thing that was terrorizing kids videos? Like yes. Peppa Pig would be playing, and then all of a sudden there was like this creepy-eyed monster I think that it's would come Momo. out of nowhere. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, a little. It's it's the worst effect it's, of the yeah, movie. <laughs> the movie has some great effects, but it's not that great. It's pretty cheesy. It's like they kind of threw it in there last minute and didn't have as much time to work on it. It's not as good. It looks like a Cartoon Network horror yeah, short. It's like... a little. It's a little meh. So that's when. The lights flicker again, and he's gone, and she goes to look in his cell to see what's up, and she realizes that he is hanging, and there is... His boots are off. Pure evil. Yeah. He lost his boots again. <laughs> that I think that is why now YouTube has children's videos separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not allowed to save them anymore. You're not allowed to do anything because of that stuff. Yep. Yeah. But, um... Also, maybe he lost his boots because they were... Boots of haunting, not hanging. Boots of protection from hanging. Never mind. That's, that's, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> this joke is scraping the ground. It didn't land at all. <laughs> not like him. 
So that's when the hooligans start running around. Yes. And that's, I think that's when she goes to leave after she sees that he has been hung and she goes to leave. And that's when, when we go back to what we were talking about. And the hooligans are running around. There's three of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And she starts like chasing after them and shooting at them and they're chasing after her and shooting, shooting at, at her. her she's not and a good shot and they're not a good shot no, at all they're also although she headshots all three of them eventually <laughs> it takes a while though she catches up to one and she kills him pew pew and then she catches up to the next one and she kills him pew pew and then she catches up to the third one and he's like trying to get out the door she shoots him in the leg and he's part way out the door and yeah. he's like you're gonna die bitch and she shoots him and then all of a sudden, she gets shot. Hmm. And you think, oh, no, there was another one she didn't know oh, about. No. And then it pans over, and it's Sergeant Dickface. Captain Skull. Pants. <laughs> and Captain she's Skull like, Eyes Pickle Pants. <laughs> the weirdest the third. ship captain ever. <laughs> and she's like, so Sarge. And she falls over and starts bleeding from the mouth. And he's just standing there smiling at her. I don't know that he was smiling. I thought he had like a grimace on his face. Like I mean, he, he had like a rictus. Like, maybe. I think he knew this was coming. Like I said, I think he knew that it someone was It did look like after he shot her, he's like, I knew this would happen. Yeah. yeah. You called me saying you were seeing shit. Well, like I said, I, I personally, and there's a lot of interpretations that you can make with this movie, but I personally think that he willingly sacrificed her so that he didn't have to admit and lose his career and potentially get locked up in a sin asylum insane asylum that he was seeing things and that all this stuff was happening like he willingly chose to have a rookie take his place for the night and then yeah. came back in order to kill her or do whatever he thought would need to be done with her whenever he came back presumably he maybe he thought she would just need to be locked up but he came back to find a massacre because who was she actually shooting <gasps> it was the biohazard it guys was the writer and also <laughs> the bio biohazard guys yes and that's she not a metaphor. writer <laughs> one, one of the writers was he was playing biohazard man number three. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's the second that gets shot <laughs> he's the skinnier guy with the brown hair and the goatee. he's the one that comes around the corner and for not even a split second she automatically trains on him and headshots him as, as soon as yeah. he's around the corner pow versus when they're both standing or when all three of them are standing directly in front of her in the doorway she shoots like three feet above their head and then at their feet so, <laughs> well, that is where Max would have been killed in the movie. Okay. <laughs> because as that guy was leading out the door, almost to freedom. <laughs> almost. I would have been walking past the police station and go, well, what's going on in here? And then she would have shot me in the head. And that would have been it. <laughs> um, um, I never explained when I thought that you would have died, but I should have. And I think it was when it would have been when you saw... Monica under the table and then hid in the back of the filing cabinets. She was coming towards you. I think you would have just started beating your head against the wall or held your breath or just died of fright because <laughs> that's what I would have done. That would also have been a good point for me to go. But I think as soon as I saw her under the desk, I would have just shit myself to death. Exactly. Like, just half my innards out and like I'm done. <laughs> you just would have turned inside out. <laughs> I would have or just died. exploded. <laughs> died of fright the second that the tvs came on in the break room like mm. no the second that the lockers opened i would have been dead like for somebody who loves horror movies i'm the biggest fucking chicken shit <laughs> yeah. like i am so scared of woo every little thing <laughs> but all right so she's like but no that wasn't that wasn't him that he wasn't 
that wasn't him. And, like, Joe, whenever they flashed to what had actually happened, her shooting Joe, he was begging for his life. He's like, no, please, don't, no, oh, God, you crazy bitch, why are you doing this? And that's... Am I remembering it wrong? Or does it do, like, the sound, like, the, the rewind sound? Yeah, no, it sound. straight okay. up does. <laughs> I felt that was, like, a weird uh, break for me. Like, I didn't I didn't appreciate that effect. It just didn't fit the tone for me. But whatever. Um, but yeah, they show that she brutally murders. Brutally and fatally murders all three of them. <laughs> uh, so then she dies. Presumably. Well. Presumably. He does call, like... An ambulance. Officer calls, down. She's been shot. Disp- I thought that all he said was uh, something like, we have a whatever code over at the old... 10-4 over easy with bacon, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's police talk. Yeah. With bacon is when they're they're still alive. It's extra pickles whenever they're not. <laughs> I well, ate the bacon is whenever you've killed a pillow officer. Well, I like extra pickles. <laughs> On no. your bacon? <laughs> yeah. Especially on like a bacon cheeseburger, um, extra dill pickles. Please. He definitely says "officer down." Oh, I don't remember that. I definitely, he does. Yeah, I definitely remember. We got an officer, officer down here, and um, what's the officer down from? I don't know. I you know, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a splinter or something uh, <laughs> in her heart from my gun. So <laughs> I was just shooting my gun, and she fell on the bullets. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically the end of the movie yeah pretty much i was gonna ask if somebody could explain the end to me like what was going on but i don't think i'll get a answer that i find sufficient what do you mean explain what was the movie about (laughs) and that's your interpretation yeah no i i think that it just was she nuts was she actually being haunted that's the thing that's where like i said i i think these movies are a lot of fun because i like movies that are open to your interpretation and you can kind of bring i don't well, that's I'm going to be like, this is what happened. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my personal opinion is that everybody was affected by things in there, but she was extra affected because she was left there by herself on the anniversary of it. And she had a personal connection to somebody that was killed there. Your PP. So she saw all these dead people but didn't realize that they were actually dead like except for i mean eventually she figured out the price was dead but um like the the sex worker and um she never saw her again yeah birdie i don't think that birdie was dead i think that birdie was a real thing oh yeah i think that that was i think that oh so you think that was an actual person shooting themselves in the head yes yes well that lends credence to the fact that these weren't ghosties well because some of them were but she right before all of that happened they distinctly show her forgetting to lock the door again she comes back in from outside and forgets she's the the worst at securing a premises she's also terrified but yeah terrified she's she's a rookie it's her um, first night on the job they didn't give her any backup every time she called somebody they were like yeah you fucking nuts and I, i could be wrong but part of the reason why i think that um would you say her name was that shoots herself? Birdie? Birdie. Birdie. Part of the reason why I think that she was a real person is that I believe that the blood stays on the gun for the rest of the movie. And I think that's supposed to be kind of a sign that there's something real to it because Ugh. everything else that happens disappears within a couple of scenes. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand your argument that if she was a real person that shot herself, then that means that they weren't ghosties. I don't understand. Why couldn't it be both? I... I retracted that statement Did as you? soon as I said it. Yup. Oh, I wouldn't be a very good lawyer. Didn't you also <laughs> say? I, I, t- I said that I, I, I didn't actually say that. 
Oh. Well, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Judge, can I continue with my accusation? <laughs> I object. <laughs> to yourself? Yes. Hold me in contempt. You're a bad judge. Well, I'm not the one on trial here. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> oh, no. I already banged so... my hammer. <laughs> that was great. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh. So it was... Vic's pick. It was Vic's pick. So what was your favorite part of the movie? My favorite part of the movie is that this is a really good, creepy movie. It's really well paced. It's got a lot of really fun, creepy elements to it. It's just a good, scary movie. Max. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> favorite part. Favorite part. Okay. Um, so your favorite part was that it was a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of cheap, yeah, wasn't I, it? I, <laughs> sort of cheap. Were feel you justified hearing, in being thrown off. Were you hearing the ant noise in your head again, and that's why you... Yeah, I brought some sugar for you. Now he's your servant, apparently. He's I can't your, wait. Your ant ghost servant that wears have a sheet. You, have you ever noticed that in um, our child's one book, it there's an ant eater mm-hmm. holding an ant yep. as if it's its little pet? It's sort of creepy. <laughs> it's really terrible. It's like the one thing that it's known for eating. Like, I have this snack. It has eyes. Like it has the the ant is smiling as it's about to get nommed yeah. on by an anteater. We're friends forever. We'll be friends for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right. So, what was your favorite part? My favorite part was the flashlight bit mm. when she's like, "Sir, give me back my mag light." Or tack light, whatever it is these days. Mm. And then it shines on the guy that she's telling to give back her flashlight. And I was like, oh. That is very creepy. Um, My favorite part was the part with the rolling chairs. The part where they make the tower? No, the rolling chairs. The rolling chairs. The rolling chairs. There were some rolling chairs. Oh. Like where they're all rolling around. The adjective rolling chairs. Right, right. Not the descriptive. Uh, all right, Vic. What was your least? Could have just said musical part? chairs. So I think the what I was trying to say with my favorite part is that this no, was no. You a, don't get a redo. What's your least favorite? Just part? a creepy movie. <laughs> That's. I think you're phoning in on that. The pacing. That's fine. The pacing was really good. I like that. It, it was. Really no, you don't get paced. a second one. Too late. Nah. I've already taken it. Let me change my answer. <laughs> Blue. No green. <laughs> You've already submitted your test. Move on. Uh, what was my least favorite part? Yes. Mm, that's hard. Uh, probably that hard. <laughs> thirty times we've done this. Thirty times. Probably the price <laughs> thing, where she doesn't know who he is, even though it was only a year ago <laughs> yeah. and it would have been a really big deal, and she should have known pretty much everything that had to do with the case that murdered her father, mm-hmm. got Fair her enough. father killed. Uh, I mean, I suppose there was a certain amount of cover up involved in this too. I guess. Um, <clears throat> my least favorite part was. When she gets the phone calls from her obviously deceased father and <laughs> heeds them. Yeah. Mm. It was unnecessary as fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she was pretty fucked up at that point, but you, you do know that your dad's dead. I mean, you, you, you would know that. My least favorite part was, despite the fact that she's reading her procedural manual for fun and reciting her oath over and over and over again... She seems to be the worst fucking cop on the face of the planet. <laughs> oh, I think we've seen worse, but she's not great. Well, I mean, Detroit police. <laughs> they have 20 dozen murders. There's I'm just saying, dealing they, with. not a lot of murders getting solved out there. This woman was literally folded in half and broken apart and stuck into the beach facing downward. 
What do you think we should do about this? I, I don't know. Just just call it a, a, a dog attack. It was a, a potential drowning. It was a snorkel fish. She slipped and fell. It's fine. On sand? Yeah, it's fine. Move on. <laughs> she was wearing heels. <laughs> Let's get to the other 19 dozen murders we have. That's not how that works. <laughs> it would be 19 dozen and 11 murders, yes, I think. There we go. That's how that works. 19 dozen and 11? Yeah. Yeah. Because if we're subtracting one, one 20 dozen, it would be 19 dozen plus 11, which would be 239, I think. Oh, God. Is that right? I'm so bad at math. <laughs> I think you're right. 12 times 12 is 144, not 20 times 4. 20 dozen. Wait. 20 times oh 12. Oh, my God. What are we doing? I did the math on this before. It's a lot. It's over 200, I think. It's got to it be is. at least 10. <laughs> You're not wrong. What's 20 times 12? It's at least 10. <laughs> uh, 240. I was right. There you go. 20 times 12. There was, there was a Reddit post one time, and it was a picture of, like, thousands of ducks. And somebody posted it, and they were like, man, this is a lot of ducks. And somebody was like, there's got to be at least 10. And then the next person was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, this is how every weather station operates. <laughs> there's going to be... There's at least a 1% chance of precipitation tomorrow. <laughs> Hard to argue with that. <laughs> uh, all right. And as soon as one little droplet falls out of the sky, I go, yep, mark that checked off mm-hmm. i'm awesome scary no yep. yeah scariest part scariest part uh when she tries to leave and realizes that she can't get out because by then she knows that this is there's something really wrong and there's something really terrible going on and i choose to believe that this station is haunted and everything has been ghosty activity personally except for birdie ghosty ghosty um but when she goes to leave and she can't get out and even like shooting the door and stuff that it would just be terrifying and i I would have a really hard time with that on top of everything else. But, yeah. Max. Scariest, scariest part. part. Uh, the scariest part for me would be talking to somebody, having a totally normal conversation, and then they turn around and, like, realizing that they can't be alive. Yeah. Like Price. Yeah, like there's no, there's no justifying that. There's no rational way. Yeah. Uh, I think that the scariest part for me was the part where she was walking down the hallway and Monica was crawling behind her. Yeah. Mm. That was awful. Like, I, like, I mean, obviously she didn't know that it was happening. Like she wasn't completely aware. That's my favorite knowing thing is not. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I'm but, sure I'm surrounded by ghosts every day. I just don't know it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't see dead people. <laughs> I actively ignore them. Um, <laughs> no, Max would be the one that says, I see them. I just don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was terrifying. So, yeah. um, Vic, what was your overall rating for this movie? Overall rating. The movie has some problems, but I really do enjoy it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okie dokie, Max. I'm trying to rate it from the first time I saw it. Hmm. Although, it's been a long time, but um, I'm going to give it a... 
7 out of 10. Okie doke. That's it. That's it. You're done. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually rating it off of the second time that I saw it because even though the first time that I saw it, I was like, man, this is a really good fucking movie. Yeah. This time, whenever I watched it, I was like, man, this movie is just as good as I remember. And so I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10 for an overall rating. It did keep its... Um... <clears throat> Keep its creep. T- temerity over the years. Temerity. A whole point was lost over the homeless man's face. A whole point. I heard that too. <laughs> A hole. <laughs> A whole point. <laughs> A whole. W H O L E point was lost over the homeless man's face. Oh yeah, I got you. Yep. It's I same reason I take two stars off for uh, jump scares. Yes, mm. that are in poor taste. Yeah, if like at the end of a movie, like Sinister, like Sinister. Yeah, I like Sinister, but last jump scare is like that's cheap. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, no, I mean this movie had. You keep kicking your your stand. Why? I'm not comfortable. I mean, I am, but we got my coccyx one. pillow. Like it hurts now when I sit on a flat chair. Can you not bring it with you? I could. It probably smells like my farts. If you're the one sitting on it, <laughs> don't your pants also smell like your farts? Probably. But (laughs) so does your bathroom (laughs) and your kitchen. This movie was full of of lots of good jump scares, I thought. Um, But all right. uh, Horror rating? Yes. What was your horror? Some jump stairs are okay. Some jump jump stairs? Jump (laughs) stairs. It's like every other stair is flat, so you got to jump it. I was thinking, like. Oh. (laughs) I was. Someone jumps out. We have jump stairs and we have jump stairs and. Someone jumps out and stares at you. Homonyms are funny. <laughs> um, my horror rating. What about heteronyms? I mean. That's probably actually a real word. It, that's just normal words. Homonym. Heteronym. And there's homophones as well. I was making a joke for. Homophones? Homophones. Homophones. Well, homophones. Homophones? Is it homophones? And homonies. Wait, what'd you call them? Homonyms. 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 That's what. Homophones. Homonoptra. All right. So we figured out that I'm not good with geography, history, math, spelling, uh, grammar. Grammar. Uh, I'm good at shop. We figured that out last episode. What else do I've got going on for me? Tech. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all right at tech, and I've got a good voice. That's about it. All right. Cool. All right. I mean, so. same thing with Bill Gates. So <laughs> no, Bill Gates can jump over a chair from the standing position, and it's amazing. <laughs> Okay. Vic, uh, what's your horror rating? My horror rating for this movie. <laughs> horror rating. What's your horror rating? Horror rating. Uh, I'm going to give it one out of however many people were in this movie because there was only one potential horizontal refreshment. There was. Anyway. Um, horror My rating. horror rating. I was very distracted by her. She was very beautiful. Holy, holy. And a very great actress. And I would love to see more that she's in, but not Water for Elephants. I don't really care. That sounds like I the board the book sounded boring. I'm just not it's not my thing. Um my horror rating for this movie is I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I really like the I really like the pacing. I like how <laughs> things build up well and they're not they're not super quick, they're not super slow. There's a a good burn and it moves very quickly when it starts to get going and it ramps up to a point that is reasonable and logical and it's really creepy and good. Makes me happy. So I'm going to give it an eight out, or nine out of ten. Not eight. Nine out of ten. I can't help but compare movies I watch to movies like Mama mm-hmm. or His House, where I gave them a perfect score mm-hmm. for horror. 
Um, I mean that that I mean that is the the standard to what you like you've set. Like, like Mama, when that the bravest doctor that ever lived goes oh to that God. house by himself. <laughs> Discount you, Tony Sh- Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't see Mama, but you can hear her doing that weird oh, fucking. Wow. I would have been. Sh- I don't know. I would have died of sheer fright when he goes to hell, Visha. Yes. Um. I, I didn't get that vibe from this movie. I, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten for my horror rating. Okay. A little, little extra, just because I've been in a situation like hers where I'm alone. Mm. And now, granted, I didn't think there was ghosts or even criminals in the building with me. Not that I knew that, but <laughs> could have been. <laughs> but you it was just them. scary, you know, kind of being alone in this wrecked out clinic. You know, where you expect to see things neat and tidy, and yeah. it's all fucked up. And it is weird. It is really unsettling. So, I can't say it was scary, but it was it was unnerving, slightly. Yeah. Uh, for my horror rating, I am going to give it also an 8 out of a 10. Okay. Um, I... Sp- Bend it. No, I'm going to give it a nine. I changed my mind. I'm going to give it a nine. You can't. I, you can't change your answer. I am. Cha- I, I hadn't submitted it. I hadn't given the final submission. <laughs> this is like chess where you didn't take your finger off the piece? Yes. Okay. The final um, submission would be a great name for a movie. The final submit. Nope, it doesn't work to the same time. <laughs> it, no, it doesn't. Um, uh... So <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine because I spend a good chunk of the movie wanting to crawl inside of myself because it's terrible. <laughs> like, it's I spend just... most of my life like that. <laughs> Well, it could kill me, hollow me out, and live in me. <laughs> but just everything about this. Dreyfus. <laughs> everything about it. Everything. I just, I, it's horrible and scary. It was yucky. Um, yeah, there was very yucky. Really yucky parts. And so I, I thought it was great. I have seen. So I'm in a, a few horror movie groups just so that I can get ideas, so that I can see what kinds of things people like, that kind of a thing, and. This movie gets shit on so hard <coughs> in the groups that I'm in on Facebook. And I'm just like, but why, though? So our unpopular opinions are that Last Shift is good. We, we all really seem to like it. And that As Above, So Below is pretty terrible. But it seems like the popular opinion is the opposite of ours. Yeah. A lot of people really, <laughs> really like found footage, though. So I think that that's the thing. Like, there's there's a lot of... a lot of people... I don't know. So I think that a part of the um, the thing about it is, is something that I found interesting, especially after last week's episode. Um, there is a very, very, very large subset of horror fans who prefer slasher movies to paranormal activities, activity movies, paranormal movies with paranormal beings. <laughs> Okay. Um, so <laughs> now, do you define Jason? So Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy, yeah, Freddy Krueger. Well, those... Freddy Krueger. He is paranormal, but right. that is still considered slasher. Like it, it falls under. It falls under the like. He's not a ghost. He's lurking. a supernatural yeah. slasher, is what you're saying. I'm, yeah. Well, like I mean, I, I mean, he he's well, not he's not a typical ghost. Like a a. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> so just like that, but. somebody posted posted in one of the groups that I'm in, and they were like, "Does anybody else just not like movies with paranormal stuff, like the Conjuring movies and stuff like that?" And I was like, "That's my favorite 
you're kind of horror. Everyone's allowed to have different opinions. Um, different opinions is what I different said. Different opinions. opinions. I have a different opinion. But isn't that a type of steering assembly? It is. Rack and pinion. <laughs> <It's a> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, so I think that 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 group of people, the ones who prefer slasher movies, don't like this movie because it falls under that that paranormal sector. You're doing I anything guess. you can do to not say paranormal activity. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I guess sorry to those of you who really like slashers because we don't really do those a lot. Because I'm not sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, you can listen when we do. <laughs> I was saying it on behalf of myself. No. Anyway, this I've is been Victor. trying to pick them for you guys. Uh, I mean, we're gonna be kind of harsh on them. So I, and I'm not super. Oh, you're trying to pick it for them. I yeah you're, no, I'm I'm trying to pick them for our audience because I know there are people out there who do enjoy. I, mean, I can movies. tell you, I don't want to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, because mm. we're no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, unless a guest picks it, Texas on and then I'm obliged Elm Street, to the thirteenth. Well, if anybody picks it, you're obliged. To. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, so. But I mean, there, there's also there's a lot of subsets of horror, um, and my I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but one that we don't do a ton of that I really enjoy is creature features. I, mm. I really enjoy that. I've I've loved it since I was a kid. I like when there's a tangible big bad creature that's the kind of the thing. So, like werewolf movies or I I also I think my favorite sub separation is creature features, but the creatures are. Somewhat supernatural. Yeah, I do like that too. I mean, I, Ghost in the Darkness, I would vaguely consider a creature feature. It's not considered a creature feature. It's not considered horror, but that would be along those lines. Or Crawl, or um, like Placid, those kinds of movies. They're a little bit more cheesy, but there are some really good creature features that are creepy, like Monster. I do think out of any movie we've... Well, yeah. Um, I do think of any movie we've ever done, I'm pretty sure The Ghost in the Darkness was the furthest on our ellipsis out. <laughs> You from, guys just want to keep constantly well, reminding me. Okay. I admitted multiple times. <laughs> so from now on. Uh, d- admit it again. We've actually put a rule into place that our movies have to fall under the horror genre. After we got verbally spanked. <laughs> yeah, if it says horror, thriller, horror, survival. Um, psychological horror comedy, thriller. Horror parody. Yeah. Wait, psychological thriller doesn't have horror in it. Yep. Psychological thr- thriller slash horror. Okay. I was following up on your open-ended horror. Let's see what Sweetheart said. was defined as. Horror um, thriller. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that it's thriller and not like creature feature. And IMDb frequently gives more than just two. Mm. So I will, if it if IMDb also classifies it. So that's... The Ghost in the at. Darkness Adventure Suspense. Yes. Yeah. So there you Let's go, guys. Let's check out The Mummy. It was action suspense, I believe. Now, Kitty... I believe you have a friend named Dibs. Yes. And you have something to say about them. Um, so God damn it. The mummies and venture action. Um, wait, wait, wait. Look up Predators for me. Son of a bitch. 2018, I think it is. Predators 2018, <laughs> maybe. No. You know, with, no. Um, 2015, I think. I'm way off. Yep. Adrian Brode. The one that we did on the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm Predators interested. 2010. Oh, jeez. I, I was off. Um. So... My action sci-fi. <laughs> My cousin Dibs. Uh, next week, she is going to be our guest star on the show, and we have started. She also has Dibs on the movie we're watching yep. too. Yes, <laughs> she <laughs> sure <show> do. <laughs> and a star um, she is. <laughs> she is 
going to be picking the movie. We've decided that from now on, guests are picking the movie. Have you told me what movie it is yet? And she picked... Have you told me yet? I believe I did in a text. I was hoping I wasn't listening. I, I mean, you might have straight up ignored it, but um, <laughs> she has picked Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, you did tell me that. The... I mean, oh, wow. The 1983. Sam Raimi. The one with... You forgot his name? <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Ka, 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 ka. Bruce Kim. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> I got, can't believe I forgot his name. He leaned in to tell me and got real excited, and then the look of... Gleam and excitement just slowly no, died from his eyes. <laughs> Not 1983. Oh my god, 1987. Jesus. Wait. No, that was Evil Dead 2. Okay. Bruce Campbell. Yes. I can't 19... believe Bruce Campbell. 1981. I got to kind of meet him once. <laughs> it is It is listed as I was standing a... behind him in the line for the bathroom, and he farted on me. But uh, well, <laughs> but not too far off. I was standing behind <laughs> someone else who was meeting him, and I got and to they walk... farted on you, <laughs> baby. And I got to walk through line behind them while they met him. <laughs> um, you breathe the air that he was breathing out. Exactly. So that's yeah. pretty cool. So I still haven't read that book you gave me. <laughs> hail to the chin. All hail to the yeah. Hail to the chin. Yeah. The Evil Dead is considered horror splatter for anybody. Oh my! Who, horror uh, splatter. Horror splatter. I don't think we've done one of those yet. Yeah, I think that'll be our first. Um, and I'm looking, and it's not streamable anywhere. Um, I'm assuming that really? a lot of horror fans will will have this. Probably, on you can just ask like DVD four of your friends, and then Blu-ray. you'll probably be able to find it. I actually just watched it not that long ago. Um. Evil Dead. But yes, we're to confirm we are not doing the twenty. Nineteen eighty one, two thousand five or two thousand. It no. wasn't released. Twenty twelve remake. Yeah, no. Twenty fifteen remake. Uh, twenty. I, I think it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, um, we're not doing that one. We were doing the original. But it was actually uh, Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Figures. new expletive? Ah, Sam Raimi. <laughs> that just Sam's my Raimi. That bites the wax tadpole. <laughs> at there, some it. point. That's two. You did two this time. At, <laughs> at some point, we will do Drag Me to Hell, because I think that one's good. Drag okay. Me to Hell? Yeah. It's a, it it's says a Sam Raimi. box office for the evil dead. 2.7 million or 29.4 million. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no one was really listening. <laughs> That's what it says. It doesn't say the not sure part, but... It's got two separate figures. Oh my god! Two All or right. twenty million. That might be domestic and international. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, Bruce Campbell, you handsome bastard! Mm. So, watch the original Evil Dead. I wanted to name one of our Spawn Campbell, and he turned it down. I don't think Campbell's first a great first name. I think it's a great. As a first name. Nah. So, watch Evil Dead and tune in next time to hear the three of us and our unfortunate guest star. Who does know what they're getting into? Because I think that they've listened to all of our episodes and they're actually one of our best supporters. So Indeed. we appreciate that. They volunteered for this. Yeah, they actually. It's on them. They wanted to do this. <laughs> God help them. So tune in to hear their opinion of this movie and to hear us muddle our way through it. And it'll them. be Vic, Max, Kitty, and Dibs. And Dibs. Indeed. Dibs indeed. Dibs indeed. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, later. Wait, can I say that better? Goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. That's what said. Bye. We'll see you next week. That's what I'm You have to listen. Thanks, bye. <laughs>